Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, Eric Bischoff here, and have you heard about Strictly Business? Strictly Business is a brand new weekly series exclusively on adfreeshows.com. Join me and my co-host John Alba every Tuesday as we take a deep dive into the business of the professional wrestling business. And this is some straight-up business talk here, no fanboy nonsense. We discuss television contracts, advertising, licensing, and, of course, the highly debated ratings. So if you want an unfiltered, brutally honest, anti-fanboy understanding of the professional wrestling industry, well, Strictly Business is the series for you. And, hey, if Elon Musk likes my tweets, and he did, you're going to love Strictly Business. Sign up now. And listen at adfreeshows.com. Do you love wrestling podcasts but hate all the ads? Well, you can get all the great podcasts early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. It only starts at nine bucks a month, but you get exclusive series at adfreeshows.com like Title Chase, Eric Fires Back, Conversations with Conrad, and tons more, and a chance to interact with your favorite podcast hosts every month. See for yourself why thousands of other wrestling fans say adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling. Adfreeshows.com. Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. We are broadcasting from the Blue Chew Studios. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code MYWORLD at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. Hello and welcome to My World. This is Paul Bromwell. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, how are you this week? Mr. Bromwell, Conrad sounds a little different this week. <laughs> He sounds a lot different. Well, 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 Mr. Promoter himself, Mr. Conrad Thompson. Since he's not here, I am going to blister him throughout this entire episode. Yeah. Oh, it's what we, so Paul, uh, we're buddies, but we are a second. We're going to let the people in on how far back we go and how we hit it off. And we won't talk too much hoops uh, on this uh, Ask Jeff Anything episode. But, uh, yeah, uh, so old, old Jeff took the job up in Stanford. 
we won't get into any of that, but Conrad's like, now how's this affect the podcast? And lo and behold, week two, literally week <laughs> two, uh, you got the group text. Hey, Paul, um, I, uh, 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 he stammered on a text. I could just, yeah. Oh so yeah. Conrad, the Mr. Promoter. Oh, Rick needs this and Rick needs that. And Rick last match and this and Starcast and oh, give me a break. Jeff, Where it's fun though, Paul. It, it's been Tampa this and Tampa that. And I mean, I've been jumping into all these podcasts, but never, ever did I foresee yep. Jeffrey Jarrett's pocket. I'm here. Hell has frozen over, my friend. I can't I believe ask. it. But well, uh, hey, Paul, as we dive into this, because we are going to have a lot of fun, I cannot believe the amount of replies and questions and uh I've actually gotten a few texts and said, can I submit a text, a question via text? I said, no, it's got to be in the hashtag, but um, we're going to have fun today. But before we get into that, Mr. Bromwell, you are well known in the ad free family. You have, uh, there's several podcasts you do full time. JR is, I don't say full time, but you do quite a few JR and Kurt as well. Kurt, Kurt Angle, JR, who else? Yeah, so I'm, I've pretty much taken over the Kurt Angle show. I've been heavily involved with Arn's podcast, and yep. I do quite a bit of JR. Uh, and yeah, I've been doing ad-free shows for you know a year and a half or so. So yeah. So tell us how you got into it. Just our my world listeners. Just uh, I'm putting you on the spot. I want to, man. I want to prop you up because I got to prop. You know, I've learned this old school. If I'm going to beat somebody, I got to build them up. So I'm going to annihilate you just like I'm going to annihilate Conrad Thompson. You've got these <laughs> silly questions you're going to throw at me, but no, all kidding aside, Paul, just tell, tell the listeners, my world listeners, just a little bit about your background, what you care to share with us this evening. And, and this is great because you know what, when I first jumped in and did a, a Bruce Pritchard episode, you know, what went viral on YouTube, who the F is Paul Bromwell? I mean, it was everywhere. So I appreciate you doing this, but yeah, you know, Conrad and I met a few years back, I think 2019, it all started with uh, Shivani's podcast and I ended up down in Huntsville and was with him in the car and we got to know each other, uh, really the whole entire weekend. And I was dabbling in podcasting and Conrad started telling about this vision of ad free shows and growing the network. And so uh, he knew I was dabbling with podcasting. One thing led to another, and he had me come down and kind of mapped it all out and said, man, I see you fitting into this world. And uh, I had to sit there on the couch and act like, oh, okay, sure, yeah. And he was throwing out names like Kurt Angle and Jim Ross and Arn Anderson, and I just sat there with a big gulp in my throat. But no, man, it's just been surreal ever since, and I've been his kind of go-to backup and uh, got to meet you down in Huntsville and uh, just having a really good time, uh, you know, doing this, facilitating and, and working with guys that I've watched since I was, you know, a little kid in the business. So that's a little bit about me. How about that? Yeah. And then we, we, I guess you could say we bonded at the very first we did. My World live show up in Baltimore, Jimmy's. Uh, great food. We uh, chatted. Uh, the thing that impressed me most about you, Paul, we, I've never shared this with you, is that you came in and you're like, what can I do? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm here to help. And I'm like, you know me. I'm thinking, are you on the payroll? <laughs> no, I, yeah. I take, but I, man, you 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 dove right in and helped, and uh, I appreciate that. And we've uh, had a good friendship uh, ever since. And uh, uh, and I know you've talked on the other uh, pods, but we, that promotion that we have going on, and we're just really doing beta testing this year. But podcast at the place. You, you uh, 
Tell everybody what Podcast of the Place is. Yeah, so this is going to be an opportunity where, for instance, Kurt and I in August are going to go out to Wisconsin for one of the uh, minor league baseball teams. We're going to do a live Kurt Angle show, Q&A style out there. It's going to be a really good time. He's going to sign autographs, take, take pictures with people. But then he's going to throw out the first pitch. Uh, it's just really bringing that live podcast experience to the minor league baseball stadium. Make it It's all wrestling themed. You get your pictures, you do your questions, your Q&A, and really just have a good time at the park. So, uh, yeah, we're going to try that out. Thanks to you, Jeff. You really started kind of that started that conversation, called me out of the blue and said, hey, what are you doing in August? And I thought, oh, where the hell is this going? But, yeah, yeah. we're going to do it, man. So, yeah, no, a lot of fun. I, uh, as uh, I've got my uh, minor league shirt on, me and Conrad on, I'm sure you listen, that we – we oh, shoot full before we get into uh, topics, but uh, yeah, I've got my SWO shirt, Shoe World Order. So, uh, cheese sauce cool. dripping right off of it. I see you over there. Isn't it wonderful? It uh, is. So, a uh, podcast at the plate. We're going to really kick that up next season. So, uh, we're doing several. We're doing uh, one out in California, maybe two, uh, one or two down in Texas. And uh, so, exciting time. So, are you ready to get buckled up here, pal? I, I am. One more thing I wanted to say was, do you, do you remember that weekend, that one night that we sat down and watched all those uh, Hornswoggle cartoons together oh at Conrad's? Conrad's. And, 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 but that's when you and I really connected because right. we got to talk about our childhood similarities that's right. and some of our own upbringing with our own kids similarities. And that's right. where you and I connected. Oh, I really well, Swaggle's good for one thing in this world, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He had us laughing, that's for sure. We had a good time. So, dude, let's jump into it. You said it. We got over 650 replies. So we're going to start out with Bud Starsky. Good old Bud Starsky. Old Bud Starsky. 650. Yep. 650. That when Derek, um, Derek sent me something, and then Conrad actually was like, uh, pal, buckle up. Ask Jeff anything. Is um, Folks... I may not get too granular if we're going to try to get through the the list of questions, but uh, anyhow, let's roll. We're not going to do all six fifty, but you're also going to see some uh, some from some buddies of yours too that from the business. This is going to be fun. So we'll start with Bud. He said, "If you could purchase WCW trademarks or rights from the WWE, what would you do with it?" You know, that's an IP question. Uh, obviously, the uh, trademark is is. You, it, to, you have to have a vision to monetize it. And so um, to get to, to get certain marks, I mean, obviously, to still to this day, NWO uh, still sells a lot of merchandise. So merchandise, video games, me being tied in with uh, Moonsault Digital uh, and Russell Quest and all that. So I definitely monetize it through the gaming world, uh, through the merchandise world. Um you know, there may be some things uh, that uh, out there on the horizon that you kind of sublicense things to different events. Uh, maybe I don't know music tours, or I don't know. That's a good question off the top of my head. I you you started with the question that I did not see online. Uh, yeah, thanks, Polly B. No, that's okay. And listen, look at all the stuff, fun stuff you've been able to do with the guys with the wrestling figures. I mean, just think what you could have done with some WCW lines. There you go. Thank yeah, you. that'd be fun too. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, who would your top three, Bud goes on, who would your top three stars be in today's era? So top three stars today's era from Double J. Top three stars from WCW or just? No, just in, in general in wrestling, in today's era of wrestling. Oh. I mean, that's kind of, uh, I mean. You're already squirming. I love it. <laughs> I, know, I mean, no, the top three stars 
it, it's like you, 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 I mean, you got to put, look at Cody right now and yes, he's injured, but, but I mean, it is such a, a, a given the momentum. I'm not sure that the business has seen somebody with that kind of momentum because it's not the attitude era. Uh, and that's good and bad for every reason, but Cody jumping back in the manner that he did it, the stage that he did it, he didn't re-debut at a Survivor Series or a Raw. The granddaddy of the all this year it was stupendous. So Cody has to be uh, one uh, r- right up there. Um, you know, when you go into, you know, it's, it's easy for me to think, okay, is there a Mexico star that you want to um, – because I, I just think the uh, Hispanic audience has has untapped potential. Um, so I'm trying to think down that line, but uh, wow. So top three stars, I, I got to go Cody one. It, it's hard to argue to not really think through and go, got to go Roman. Um, yeah. j- just uh, n- no pun intended or all pun intended. The bloodline. Uh, of, of Roman, uh, and I don't say that from storyline purposes. Um, you just kind of look back over the history of the the, the business. Um, Roman is up there. Um, so if we're going to go three, uh, I, I'm going to go Cody as your baby family, as your uh, heel. It's really hard to, 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 and I know they just came off and this is somewhat topical, but Seth Rollins is super versatile. All right, Jeff, up next, Peter James Morrison. He says, how come you've only ever had the world title when you've booked yourself? Oh. He asks, how does anyone manage to book themselves in the wrong way? Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> WCW, I was uh, WCW champion four times, Paul. I wasn't booker there. Uh, two times mega champion in uh, Mexico certainly wasn't Booker there. Uh, so come on, uh, come well, on, man. Yeah, just come on, man. Come on, dude. All right, All right, we'll move on. Ethan Chang is up next. He said, "How did something so straightforward as don't piss me off end up becoming the official catchphrase that made it into a video game and onto a shirt? Did he say that backstage and crack someone up with it, or what? How, how did don't piss me off come about?" Question. It was one of those things that. Uh, and I don't know if I originally kind of pitched it to Russo, but it was um, coming off the head shave, uh, the hair match at SummerSlam. We were going to shoot some vignettes, and it's almost like we need the title kind of what's the where's this vibe going? And Double J was such over the top and um, just arrogant and braggadocious and everything that went with that. Going the other way with it was angry and uh, razor temper, uh, razor, uh, temper, uh, just at the drop of a hat, something would piss me off. And it just, it kind of went from there and we, we shot a series of vignettes and we, I think we shot some that, uh, aired in international markets. We shot a bunch. Uh, but I think, I don't know, three to four, cause I was already established character. I think they said, look, we just need to, you just go with it, use it in your promos and all that. But, uh, there, there was a series of vignettes that they were titled. Don't piss me off. And it just, I think one day it showed up and they had painted it on a guitar. Uh, it just, it just, boom, it just took off. 
Took the world by storm. Don't piss me off. Uh, Mike Neal's up next. He said, how was your walk with uh, God created and really memorable moments with other people in the business? I saw this question online and I got to say that, and look, uh, those kind of moments are private, but I think the, 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 the real truly accurate is those kind of, you can call them God moments or people will say, Oh man, what a coincidence. And I've learned, uh, over the years, I personally believe there are no such thing as coincidences, only convergences. And when there's a convergence, uh, I'm a firm believer. I said this, I think either last week or two weeks ago, nothing happens by accident, no matter how you want to slice and dice it. Um, things are just meant to be and they happen. And I think those kind of we can call them God moments, the guy, uh, how, how the, uh, the listener or, or the, the tweeter said it, uh, I read that and I'm like, that's a, that's a cool question, but yeah, yeah. I just, I, I just think there are moments that happen every day. Uh, it's up to me to look for them. Mm. So good. Thank you. Uh, multi-time, multi-central, uh, multi-century, get, getting back to the whole uh, hair versus hair match. What pitch did Vince give you that it would be a good thing for you to lose your hair in the hair versus hair match? So it, talk about the pitch a little bit. It, but actually, it went the other way. I okay. picked, me, me and Russo, uh, we knew, and we've covered this extensively on my world during this time frame. It was came back in 97 and did the promo that literally pissed Steve Austin off and a bunch of other, no, but, but you know, that, that, that went South and then, uh, went through a time frame. My wife got sick and then Tennessee Lee and I was double J and, uh, Aztec Indian and Jim Cornette. There was a couple of different iterations. Uh, but at the end of the day, the double J character didn't fit the attitude era. And so what was one thing that that, you know, yes, I could change my outfit, but if you just change the outfit, still have the long hair, like go all the way with it. And mm-hmm. so uh, the collaboration between me and Russo, and I don't know chicken or the egg, exactly what it was, was, but it was, Hey, let's, let's cut the hair. Let's do it in the versus hair versus hair match. Let's not just waste the haircut. Sh- uh, Sean Waltman, X-Pac, we were feuding at the time. Let's blow it off at SummerSlam. So it fit. Vince wanted to do it, liked it. And we went with it. Which, by the way, you can you talk about it even more on the Broken Skull Sessions with uh, Stone Cold, which I watched today, too. So I'm just getting all kinds of Jeff Uh-oh. Jarrett in my life today. Good, You God, are, man. pal. You're getting, I guess you're ready. <laughs> but yeah, but you did. You shared that story about how that all came about as far as you getting the haircut. And you were right. You know, there was The Rock. There was Austin. And you needed to find your place in that world. And it, and it was time. For sure. This episode is being brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my life where I needed to make a change like trying to be healthier, spending less time at work. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. And a lot of smokers and dippers out there can probably relate. Zen understands there isn't just one quote unquote right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whether you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zen will be there with you with the right strength, with the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and you want to learn more today, check out Zen nicotine pouches at ZYN.com. That's Zen.com. That's ZYN.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. 
Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. All right, here we go. Jeff Jarrett, you ready for this one? John Layfield writes in. Oh, boy. What's it like to be the leader of the four horsemen? You know, <laughs> the esteemed colleague of mine, Mr. Layfield, um, I'm lucky enough. I get to call him John. Um, he is such an intelligent human being and his questions are so spot on. They're articulate. They're smart. They're hard hitting. He goes deep. He's just going right for the jugular. I respect all that. So with that being said, it is a honor and a privilege, uh, not just to be a horseman, but the horseman. Wow. Now, so what is it like being the horseman? I got a follow up to this one. You ready? (laughs) What is it like being the horseman that yet, even at Starcast, you're not even in the photo op for the horseman photo picture. Or the panel. What the what's up with that, Mr. Horseman? Okay. <laughs> Come on now. All kidding aside. What do you think about? It? Don't you think that's a little bit of a slight from Rick? I'm being serious. I didn't want that pod to take Oh, this, this is good. This is good. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Aside. I mean, listen, he's got Luger in there, Wyndham in there. There's oh. no there's, there's no Jeff Jarrett in that picture. Oh, photo. I know my world and, and, oh, you didn't know. Oh, you it's didn't in know. Nashville, Jeff, it, it, me and road dog. And we've got a lot of different things going on, but there's a four horsemen photo op. There is. And Rick's kind of running the show on Friday at the roast. He's, uh, apparently running the show on Saturday <laughs> and he's definitely running the show on Sunday, but, um, I'll be damn, Paul. If you know old Double J in my backyard, don't be surprised. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, I can't wait. Just don't be surprised. (laughs) Don't be surprised. There's a teaser if I ever heard one. And, you know, he's running the show Friday, the show Saturday, the show Sunday. He's obviously running Conrad's schedule because we haven't seen him. We don't know where he's at. Isn't that the truth? Good for you, Paul. There we go. (laughs) Come on now. Let's do it. All right. Carlos is up next. He said, one question, one question, probably the origin behind the King of the Mountain match and how he got the nickname. Yes, I know he got the nickname after winning, but what led to it? So the innovation of of TNA that we tried to, really as as often as possible. And probably at times we did it too much, but we wanted to be innovative. And I went into to detail on um, uh, the recent episode of the King of the Mountain match is that I always had this concept to do a reverse ladder match. Um, and, and one of the trains of thought was when you do a ladder match, the champion has to relinquish the title for it to be held up top. And then you're just, you know, you're, you're kind of put on even ground and if a champion may not be a, as good of a climber as a challenger, all of a sudden the champion's at a disadvantage. And I'm like, ah, all right. That was just kind of a twist, a, a, a little bit of a, 
let's let's look at this through a different lens. And so a reverse ladder match is hanging that. Uh, and so I, I didn't, <laughs> and, and nobody's going to like, hey, what do you call this match? A reverse ladder match? That, 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 that doesn't work. So we just kind of went around the horn and different things came up. And then once we named it, um, I believe it was the Dutch, the old Dutchman. Uh, he's the one that said, Hey, you're, you, you, it was probably right after it. You won the King of the Mountain. Let's go with it. You start referring to you. There's been King Jerry Lawler and Lord King Harley Race, and there's 100 King Bobby Shane, and we could go way, 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 way back in time. Lots of kings, but let's roll with it. And um, I remember Dutch saying, Hey, get a tuxedo with gloves. Can you? And I'm like, What? He goes, Nobody likes a guy with gloves on. Tuxedo's one thing, but get gloves. I'm like, okay. And so there for a while, I was that's that's where the kind of King of the Mountain uh started with the tails and gloves and people at the asylum didn't much care for me. Uh believe it or not, Paul. But no, that's how the King of the Mountain moniker got started. Went in the first match, and uh Dutch said, Let's go with it. Buddy, I did the uh, Angle show not too long ago, and I had him explain to the audience the whole King of the Mountain, the rules, the match, the oh. penalty box, the whole deal. By the time he got done explaining it to me, I wanted to jump off a ladder, okay? <laughs> so I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, uh, the, the object of the match is to hang the belt. Yes. Not not too difficult. Yeah, well. There's qualifying in there because you have five guys. King of the Mountain match has five guys. Everybody has to qualify. How do you qualify? You get a pinfall. If you end up getting pinned, are you out of the match? No. No. When the penalty, penalty box. Minutes. That's right. That's all the rules, pal. See how quickly we did it? Under 30 seconds. Yeah. Man, if you want to be the best oh. in-bedroom performer of all time, you don't need to look any further than the best tag team partner in the game, and that's Blue Chew. Just hit the hot tag from Old Faithful, and it will put you in the best position possible for the one, two, three. You've been hearing about Blue Chew for a while now on our show. If you haven't tried it already, then why the hell not? BlueChew.com is giving guys confidence all over the world. And when it comes time to power slam your partner into that king-size bed, you need to be ready. Trust me. You know how you could use that extra confidence in the bedroom because of things like stress, anxiety, or age, and they can help you too. So make this the ultimate summer of no worries and start delivering the sunset flip with confidence until your partner taps out. Isn't that right, Jeff? Oh, I'm a little bit speechless over here. Conrad doesn't do these kind of reads in that kind of tone with all that kind of wrestling innuendo. So Carry on, my friend. <laughs> Blue Chew is an online prescription service. There are no doctor's visits, no awkward conversations like this one, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Blue Chew tablets are chewable. There are all kinds of reasons guys aren't able to perform. Age, medical condition, for the older guys, stress, anxiety. And for the younger guys, Jeff, I'm sure you've heard of performance anxiety. It's just not in the ring. It happens all the time in the bedroom for guys all across the country. The chewables from BlueChew.com can make sure you're able to perform at your best every time you get the opportunity to have fun. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code MYWORLD at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping, 
That's bluechew.com promo code MYWORLD to receive your first month free. Go to bluechew.com for more details and safety info. All right, Jeff, up next, Donovan Kenny. And he said, on the family side, how has the business affected your life with your dad specifically, good and bad? Thanks for the time and congratulations on all your success. Also, thanks for the episode about the Hall of Fame and being so open about your sobriety. So, Jeff, how has the business affected your life with your dad specifically, good and bad? Oh, boy, that's uh, that could get lengthy. Um, it could go a bunch of different ways. Here's one thing that, um, you know, Paul, we're, I think we're, I don't know, 55, 50, we're just doing the podcast a little over a year. And um, I often, uh, well, I love the feedback, good or bad, or I like this or I like that and something, you know, just all that kind of stuff. But obviously, just like the the, the tweeter there, uh, the listener um, commented on openness and stuff like that. You know, there's one thing that in family dynamics, the white picket fence and the perfect family, well, that 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 only exists in movies from 70 years ago. That's right. And I say, look, I think there's different shades of, of, of family dynamics and dysfunction and ups and downs. Um, you know, the thing that as the years roll along, I look back at my relationship with my father and understand more and more about our relationship by reflecting on his reflect, his relationship with his mother and father. Uh, so coming from, uh, you know, my parents got divorced when I was three, uh, and so I've, you know, I've stated on here, my mom's side of the family and her were all educators, my father's side of the family, my grandmother, a wrestling promoter, you know, came from the entertainment side. So in a lot of ways, it's naturally oil and water in, 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 in a lot of ways. Um, but you know, the relationship with my father, it goes without saying, um, had he not followed in his mother's footsteps, I'm not sure I'd be in the industry. Uh, 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 that's on the one hand, on the other hand, I'm one of five kids. I'm the only one that took this as a career path. So there, there's the yin and yang of it all. Um, it's been documented here on the podcast. Uh, you know, me and my dad, um, ha- had a pretty serious falling out in the early days of TNA. Uh, and we were estranged for many years, not months, years. Do I regret that? Of course I do, but can I do anything about it? No. And all that regret and shame and guilt and all that does is kind of let the enemy uh, in on things and, and look at live and learn. So, uh, I'm grateful that me and my father are in a really good place today. We just had lunch last Tuesday. It was our first Tuesday of the month. Um, but yes, it affected it, uh, both good and bad. I often think back of the long ride car rides and the long winded answers uh so talking about granular apple doesn't fall far from the tree he would give me granular answers but he's a storyteller but he would really get down into the minutiae of psychology of not really and here here's something that i uh, i'm very appreciative today he wouldn't only give me psychology of a single wrestling match but an entire night from the time the show starts and time it's until the time it's over and you know, during intermissions and how long in between matches and the ebb and flow and match placement and this and that, j- just kind of the overall psychology. Uh, he's a big reader and always has been. Um, I'm reading a book right now on the laws of human nature that is so fascinating and 
oftentimes I don't read. I do audiobooks at this time. I'll hear certain paragraphs and I'll actually be listening to it and I'll go off on a tangent in my brain and quit listening because I think back to sometimes that my father would give me a life lesson and, you know, trying to cut through it all and young kid or even a, 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 a you know, a, a young businessman. But I look back on it today, very grateful. It hadn't all been fun and games and all it hadn't all been rosy, but I'm really grateful for the life lessons my father uh, taught me in this. And uh, it's not easy, but I also know that I look around and whether your parents are, you know, in the accounting or legal or plumbing or any kind of family business, the dynamic is very, very difficult in any form of business. So that, look, we're not the only ones that have had our ups and downs. I'm glad that I have this kind of, this platform from time to time to share that because I encourage anybody listening to this. Life is super short. It is. If you can make amends and let, let things go in a, do it in a self. I encourage you do it in a selfish way because it doesn't just help the person across the table from you. It helps you big time. That's what I was going to say too. Don't you think, do you feel Jeff that you have a deeper appreciation for your father having gone through that dark period now? Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it does that to you too. It, it, and it, it's, um, you know, uh, I'm forgetting that, uh, I just heard it the other day, but, uh, the only way to look up is by being down. That's, and that's a real metaphor for life. When you get in a Valley, uh, you're almost forced to look up. Uh, so what I try to do is, is, is stay away from those deep valleys and, 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 and use, uh, my own awareness to, uh, look up for the brighter. And that's why I, I and I, I'll get aside. I think that's, you're grinning over there, but I, I, I know I, I think I, that's innately why I like to be positive. I, I can't agree with you more. And I was smiling because I think about it in my own life where when you have that reconciliation with someone, what's the first thought you have afterwards? Why didn't I do that sooner? Oh, bingo. Well said. Well there you said. go. Yeah. Michael Elam is up next. I've been wanting to ask this for a year now. Those Bob Vila glasses from late WCW, were those just left in your bag from when you got your contractor's license and you thought, why not? I'll wear them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if Conrad was in front of me, I'd like to slap the taste of it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he calls them the Bob Vila glasses because uh, <laughs> we go back in time. Um, I, the, 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 cause I had orange glasses, I had yellow glasses, I had blue glasses. My son, Cody just found some blue, blue sunglasses the other day. Um, but all the different styles of glasses and all that, I was color coordinated and I'd wear yellow glasses with a yellow shirt and orange glasses with an orange shirt. Um, but the yellow stuck and, and, um, yellow Conrad's going to get all the way about my accent, but, uh, <laughs> They they came out with that slap nut shirt, so it really migrated to just yellow there for a while. But um, I don't know. They stuck, and it is what it is. Michael, if you would like your own pair of Bob Vila glasses, come to a Jeff Jarrett live show because I think that's one of part of the gift bags, right? You can get yeah, some right yellow glasses. Get, you get some Bob Vila, and Conrad loves to call him Bob Vila. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. We'll move on. Matt Gus, he's up next. He said, between Opie's Three Wishes, The Haunted Mansion, or The Keeper of the Flame episode, what is Jeff's favorite Andy Griffith show episode? Paul, before we go any further, Uh-oh. are you an Andy Griffith watcher? I watched Andy Griffith, but I don't have him memorized by show topic like that, by episode title. 
are you, are you a sitcom watcher? Like I am. Sitcom? I watch a lot of eighties, a lot of 80, 80s and early nineties sitcoms. What's your favorite? Your friends watcher? Friends, I watched a little bit, but I was working in high school when friends. It was probably the period before. So family ties, growing pains, all those shows, uh, facts of life, all that stuff. What's that? Seinfeld. Seinfeld and friends were in my high school years when I was working. I was working at nights at the grocery store, bagging groceries, baby. Okay. So, okay. I'm just trying to go through the three reruns, some reruns I've seen, but I don't happy days. Happy days a little bit. That was a, a little bit before my era, but I got into different strokes, silver spoons, some of that stuff. Okay. What about <laughs> What's my- happening? Oh, what about uh, Big Bang Theory? Big Bang. Th- I don't watch a lot of sitcoms now. I'm too busy at night recording podcasts for every well, show. Anyway, just, I say all that to say to get <laughs> kind of context of, and you know, we go back to the honeymooners, but kind of the granddaddy of them all, when you think about a television show, was on a, a short period of time. And it's still on and reruns. Oh, it is. Yeah. 60 years later. Yep. yep. It's amazing. It's on uh, me TV here locally. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's everywhere. But yeah. Andy Griffin, Don Knotts, the, the perfect yin and the yang straight guy, comedy man, storyteller that, you know, when, when I, <laughs> and people are like, you really are an Andy Griffin fan. You know, Conrad thinks Sopranos is the greatest television show in the history of TV. Bless his heart. If he only knew, and yeah, so Karen got me into watching Desperate Housewives. I watched that too with my wife. See, okay, so there you go. But uh, yeah, you talk about a great television show, the Andy Griffith Show, and the classic. It's it's a classic. But anyway, any episode where Barney is Barney is is my favorite. But what are the three choices? He gave Opie's three wishes, the Hmm. Haunted Mansion, or the Keeper of the Flame episode. Haunted Mansion. If Haunted I'm, Mansion. Yeah, it's it's a it's a Barney in his eyes, and the people that know know Barney's in it. Barney in the eyes. So, are you a Don Knotts guy? Then were you like Apple Dunk Dumpling Gang and all his Disney movies? Uh, and stuff I'm too? a Disney guy, but but okay. uh, Mr. Furley. Yeah, yeah, Three's Company. Oh my god! Yeah, oh, I love it, Jeff. All right. Oh, Don Knotts, one of a kind. I want to pause right now and share one of Jeff's all-time favorites, speaking of favorites, when it comes to taking care of his health, and that's with Elysium Health. Specifically, I want to talk today about Basis by Elysium Health, who, by the way, are the most trusted source for NAD Plus supplementation. Their product, Basis, is clinically proven to increase levels of NAD Plus by 40% safely and sustainably. They're unlike any other health company I've seen, and they're at the forefront of NAD Plus supplementation. They have dozens of the world's best scientists. Eight of them are Nobel Prize winners. NAD Plus is found in every single cell of your body and is responsible for creating energy and regulating hundreds of cell functions. But NAD plus levels decline as you age. So for guys like Jeff and I in our forties and fifties, lack of sleep, intense exercise, unbalanced diet, and sun overexposure has proven to deplete our NAD plus levels. And that's even with running on the treadmill daily and sharing it on social media, flipping tires like a madman and delivering guitar shots like only the last outlaw can. Those decreased NAD plus levels are linked to faster biological aging and can slow down vital body functions. I don't know about you, Jeff, but this body needs to keep functioning my 
friend. We have families to raise, events to go to, like StarCast and Top Guy Weekend, and you have fans to meet and greet, and we need that edge. And Basis will do it for you. So go to trybasis.com slash myworld and enter code myworld at checkout to save 10% off of Basis preplay plans as well as other Elysium Health supplements. That's trybasis.com slash myworld and use code myworld at checkout to save 10%. And thank you, Elysium Health, for sponsoring this episode. Paul. Yes, sir. Spell that trybasis just one time. You got it. That's T-R-Y-B-A-S-I-S dot com slash my world. I'm telling you, a lot of folks uh, I'm training. I've just decided to get back in shape and really good. The best I can, uh, I've, I've the peak performance and I'm doing different reading and all that kind of stuff. All I say is, is go to the website and research these, these, the, the staff, the stuff. That's right. The, the the creators the originators say no more i just want you to go to trybasis and com and read for yourself and then you make the decision it's unbelievable and it's either that or go to adfreeshows.com buy this podcast on video and look at jeff's arms on video okay <laughs> if that doesn't suck you into the product nothing will his shirt is sweating right now yes. it's so scared hey. Next up, On Deck with Titanic. He says, what will it take for wrestling to get hot like it did in the late 90s, Jeff? And will it ever happen again? Everything's relative. Um, you know, you look at uh, the NBA playoffs are on right now. NFL just came off kind of an incredible run if yeah. you will, this year. They had great games, great ratings. But, but you kind of look at live sporting events – uh, the landscape's different. So the question is, what will it take for wrestling to get out again? I personally think wrestling has never been this hot. I know that's, well, Jeff, you're from the Attitude Era, and, and that was the golden age of cable television, and the cute rating for stars of that era are through the roof, comparatively speaking, to modern-day stars. That all may be true. But with that being said, all the different brands that are out there right now, AAA, New Japan, and obviously WWE, but and then all the others. There's It's a massive amount of brands out there, so it's hot. I'll say this, though. What's it going to take for that uh, that that listener to, to go, well, now, this the business is getting hot. I will say this. I believe that when you look at, you know, Rock is the best example. He transcended the business. He biggest box office attraction in the world. There's going to be a talent and you, it's hard to put your finger on it because they're kind of, kind of, you know, Austin, uh, did he come out of left field? Not really. He had been working his ass off for years and years, but he, he got hot real quick and massive run Goldberg did too. And, and, you know, DX and, and uh, I mean, we could go through a, a, a bunch of different stars. Sure. My point being, somebody's going to take social media, and has there really been a TikTok superstar, an Instagram uh, megastar? And I know we can say YouTube, but YouTube is almost like a network. I'm talking about a social media juggernaut that's in the wrestling industry that catches fire. Mm. That. Uh, you know, so what's it going to take? I, I think people are going to go, 
did you see this guy's TikTok? Not did you see what Austin said on Monday night or what Double J did or DX did or and we could go through a list of what happened during the Attitude Era every Monday night. I think there's going to be a star that said, did you see what happened on TikTok with this guy? Yeah. Plus, I also think too late nineties, everything was so ratings based where now we can consume things so many different ways. Oh gosh. You know, it, it, it's, it, that's what I'm saying is the, the world it's of streaming totally different. is it's totally different consumption, yeah. views, clicks, all yeah. that. But, but for a star to, to, to transcend, yeah. uh, the industry, I think they're coming from social media, obviously okay. in the ring, but I think there's going to be something that catches on. I hate to use that term. It's so overused now. Oh, brother, it's got to catch on virally. Well, said better than that, but something's got to we'll see. Yeah. Yep, we'll yeah. see. Yep. Ben Lord is up next. He said, how did GCW happen? Your short run there was honestly one of my favorites of yours. GCW. That is a, that's a fun story to think about and tell and what coulda, shoulda, um, I'll say this timing's everything. And when you have something hot, you better capitalize on it. And, uh, I'll leave that there, but mm. truth be known, um, this goes back. Uh, Orange Cassidy was there. Janela was there. GCW wanted me to work with a couple of, they'd approached me a couple of different times and it wasn't anything they did or I did it. The time, the timing just didn't really align at all. Uh, but last year launching the podcast, um, that thing really got rocking and rolling quick, uh, which I'm very grateful for. But uh, all of a sudden, it was all of, I mean, different promoters weren't saying, hey, can you come sign autographs? Or, hey, I want you at this convention or that convention. Because I'd been off the convention throughout several years. Uh, and then, obviously, the pandemic. And then before that, I'd been off the, the that circuit for, I don't know, three or four years. But all of a sudden, is hey, can you come wrestle? Can you come wrestle? Made me look at the business. And, okay. I'm getting these offers. How am I going to come back? Well, GCW was the right fit. The right discussions took place between uh, obviously Brett, the owner and Giancarlo and Conrad was involved in some of those conversations. So, um, that was a lot of fun. And, and again, timing to appear the very first event, January one, I was in Atlantic city. That's hard to, wrap mm-hmm. my head around. I, you imagine Paul, what Karen's she's like, yeah. Doing what on new year's day, <laughs> Wait, you're not watching football. Nope. I'm actually, it, it was, it was the timing of January one was good. And knowing Hammerstein was coming up and did the Chicago shot. It was a lot of fun to get that going. You talked about the, the whole social media bit and you know, you gotta be, a, gotta create a buzz and that's where the next big story. But man, as a fan, there was a buzz about what you were doing with them, man. It was like, this is so cool to see a revival of your career kind of in this independent way. And it was viral through social media, this whole last outlaw. And I got mainstream press reach out to me. There was a, a couple of different ways it went. And I also did some international press Paul, that people in America aren't aware of off of that. Um, before Hammerstein, that, that three week, we're like, what are you doing? This character is different. It's all that, that, that was cool. And then Hammerstein took off. And then here in Nashville, the, the local, uh, entertainment, uh, lifestyle magazine called Nashville scene. They do, is it the first or it's, it's like the 20, I think 15 or 20 most interesting people of Nashville for the year or something along those lines. And they called me up and said, Hey, we, and I'm like, 
okay, I've lived here my whole life. I, anyway, I'm like, yeah, sure. Well, they we understand that you've got a baseball thing going on. Like, yeah, that's that's new. And I've got a a, a gaming um, joint venture that that that's just launched. No, nobody even knew about Russell Quest at the time, except we had announced Moonsault Digital was coming out. Hey, and we heard you're back in the ring. We would like to talk to you about all this. Paul, I kid you not. Get on the phone. And they came out to the house and took quick pictures and the, the photo shoot. That was a whole nother day. It was windy as hell, and there weren't a lot of good pictures to come out of that. But anyhow, when I got on the phone, Paul, for them to interview me about uh, it was Nashville and my upbringing and um, you know, the, uh, fairgrounds wrestling, all this, but you know, and I'm thinking, Oh, we're going to talk about baseball and video gaming and wrestling at the fairgrounds. You read that article. It's 80% GCW. I bet <laughs> that's was, awesome. It was good. Yeah. So GCW is a fun subject for me. And I, and then don't you think I didn't miss when you were on broken skull with Austin, where you were mentioning things and you were like, and then the last outlaw who would have challenged us uh, stone cold, you know, who would have challenged you Austin. And then you kept going, he no sold that shit totally. As soon as you oh, said wait, wait, wait. it, I, I, I missed that. Did you I said think? it, you said that who would have challenged you Austin, the, the last outlaw who would have <laughs> challenged you Austin or would have beat you or something like that. You short quipped it. And he kind of just no, no sold and just kept going. I'm like, oh, I caught you, Jeff. I hear you. It was so good. Yeah. Brooklyn Forevermore is up next. What decision of all the interesting ones you were able to make with your career from day one to today was the one you look back on and think, I made the wrong choice of the two. Oh, I saw this online as well uh, through the scroll. And had I not done this podcast and been doing any kind of press, I'm not sure I would have answered this one, but as I with Derek and the ad free team and the research and looking at Memphis and WWF and WCW and back to WWF and back to WCW and TNA and global and Japan and all the different 35 years and all that to me, it's become really, really clear that the decision for me in 1995 and in your house, not to do the roadie storyline. I still stand by that. I wish I would have walked out of the ring and walked to the back and then gone in a dressing room and said, I know Vince ain't happy with me. I know I didn't do his angle, but I think I showed tonight that I really don't want to do it. Can we sit down and talk as opposed to me getting in the car, going home, wanting cooler heads to prevail. And I gave it a week or two and then a three week and then four week. And then five, I let it fester on both sides. And then it was the trains off the track. And when me and Vince reconciled, he, his, his exact quote to me was, well, Jeff, if you tell me it's cloudy outside, I'm going to have to believe there's a hell of a chance that it's a thunderstorm going on right now. I knew you didn't like the storyline. I knew you weren't really feeling it. I had no idea you were that against it. So bottom line is my lack of communication and it's on me. It's a hundred percent on the employee, not the employer. It's that, that decision, I think, man, that would have probably changed things in a couple of different ways and different avenues. Look, I, I don't, re I don't regret it's, it's, 
bygones be bygones and life took its course and God had his hand in all of it. But the, the, the question came, what's the one decision? My lack of communication skills as a 20-year-old man or a 26, 7-year-old man candidly sucked. Uh, and uh, from time to time, they are still not that good. But, uh, yeah. That's our the more you know moment of the show. But you're right, Jeff. You have to be able to communicate. And sometimes it might feel a little uncomfortable or a tough conversation, but some of those can be, you know, the most relieving conversations that you have. So I'm with you. Well, and that's live and learn. Same yeah, with man. that. I mean, we both had that conversation when we really had a falling out. Uh, when he went up and introduced the Russian events and all that kind of all, all that. Our lack of communication, but yeah. things had broken down so bad as a relationship due to a lot of uh, business decisions going on. But again, that was, we both dug our heels in, most stubborn Jarrett's. That's, that's like, who's going to, who's going to crack first when it comes to pride. And that's what you got to figure go. out. Too. There you go, man. <laughs> into it. Yeah, it is. Pride. <laughs> it is. It is. Pride uh, Let's really, let's, let's take this seriousness to a complete, just hilarious level. Here we go. go. CRT gaming heaven. And Jeff, this one's a real thought provoker. What does slap nuts mean in the context used? Was he literally saying the person slaps their own nuts or an indication that double J would slap that person's nuts or something else? Jeff, can you break down the whole slap nuts? (laughs) I encourage everyone to watch the YouTube version of this question. (laughs) Paul was, he was, okay, so that's. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. You were we, up. Was I up? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. Show. Okay. You know, so the answer to, all right, my grandmother used to call people slappies. And slappies are people who slap their gums together. And they know more and more about less and less every day. That's somebody that's a know-it-all that don't know a damn thing they're talking about. <clears throat> so that's a slappy. Well, it's the attitude era and um, just a little bit more bite to it. <clears throat> so I decided to throw nuts on the end of it. So slap nuts. It It's, you know, but boy, uh, standards and practices, that's on an episode of my world. They called me in in Detroit when there were eight or ten young males up in the audience that spelled out SLO, you know, all that. And, we're talking about it, and to this day, you know, me and Conrad's LLC is called Slap, Slap Nuts. Nuts. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Only on my world with Jeff Jarrett can you go from pride and communication to let's talk about how we explain Slap Nuts. And don't you love it that Conrad has the ability when he's dealing <laughs> with his accountant? No, y'all need to uh, allocate that to Slap Nuts. Yeah. 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 Can you write a check to Slap Nuts? Inc.? <laughs> it's just right. like right, with, with a serious look on his face. Yeah. You know? Speaking of all you slap nuts, I want to share something that will help turn you from slap nuts and slap dicks to head turners and heartthrobs. And it all starts with Athletic Greens. I literally use this product every day. And I started taking AG1 because I needed more energy. And I was tired of taking pills and vitamins. Jeff, it's just one scoop and it gives you 75 high quality vitamins and minerals. I'm talking improving your gut health sleeping better, improve focus. What's not to like? This is a slam dunk, my friend. 
You get better sleep quality and recovery. It costs less than $3 a day, completely worth the investment in you. And it's received 7,000 five-star reviews. That's more than Dave Meltzer has ever handed out, believe it or not. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin A and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash my world. That's the key. Again, it's athleticgreens with an S dot com forward slash my world to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Paulie, do you know what I do? Every- Tell me. The first thing I do every morning, it says, take on an empty stomach. I was a little skeptical, like, Ooh, I don't know about that. It literally is Five fifteen. athletic greens is in the gut, pal. There you go. And, uh, it's making a difference for you because we see every morning right on that treadmill in Hendersonville. So thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Big Mick is up next. He said with the resurgence of decades, old songs, such as Kate Bush's running up that hill from sh- shows like stranger things on Netflix. Can we expect a second life of with my baby tonight with Brian James? What do you think, Jeff? In a way, it wouldn't this be a third life. I guess it would be because, Brian, you know, we've talked about it. We're going to do some live shows and we're going to do some duets, which will be a lot of fun. But I was recently uh, hanging around with our pal, Paul, uh, Mr. Bruce Pritchard. Oh, and I literally because and for whatever reason, I'm saying, hey, man, how did that? How did that start in your brain? Because you're the one. And he goes, you know, and he said there was just a little deal at the end of the podcast and i just started doing it and it took off and just having fun with it but um when they did their first show live show in orlando do you know this paul i do i remember seeing it were you there i wasn't there i just saw the clip online Yeah. yeah first live show i wasn't in the best of condition that night but uh i literally uh was like y'all want me to do what of course i will bruce bruce is a long time buddy um yeah i'll stop by and sing it and when the reaction it got I was just like, wow. Uh, yeah. And then when at the hall of fame induction, that's what I thought was funny that, um, of course, WWE was like, Hey, we're going to, you know, have it light and up hard. You know, they hall of fame is a TV show, uh, for lack of a better word, Sure, so make it entertaining. And I was very conscientious about going over time. I wanted to make sure that it looked, nobody wants to hear a guy sit up there. I don't care who you are it's diminishing returns past 10 minutes period. It, it just is. So I, 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 I hit my mark. Uh, but the powers that be wanted us to sing that song. Me and Brian chuckled. were like, they want us to go out in the audience and sing this and a separate. Anyway, we had fun. It was a train wreck, but, uh, I think there is a third shelf life. Um, candidly, I'm excited. Me and Brian are both excited to, to close the show doing it when we do our live shows. Listen, isn't it something, the domino effect of what Conrad had, has established? You talked about Bruce Pritchard. He, he you know, breathed life into a lot of nostalgic stuff. Spe- yeah. You know, that song specifically, which then in turn, they decided to bring you on stage. It breathed life into your career. Oh, we need to get Jeff Jarrett on a podcast. Oh, by the way, when he goes in the Hall of Fame, he's got to do the song because it's become so popular thanks to that podcast. I mean, it's dominoes just following the, the, whole, the whole way. It's just incredible. It is. 
It Conrad is like out sprinkling his damn Conrad dust as we speak. I'm not here. Yeah, he's dusting all right. He's dusting yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Kevin Nash. Yes, the real Kevin Nash is up next. And he says, Jeff, why are you so hot? Oh, man. So I have really tried to think. <laughs> Big sexy. Having a little fun online. Click this. He's going to be at StarCast. I'm going to be front row. Uh, and I say all that. You know, we were just talking about friends. I was thinking about Kevin. He... People know Kevin. They're really going to get to know Kevin on this podcast. Uh, they're going to get to see that, you know, Kevin, uh, from afar and up close, uh, he worked, I worked with him. Uh, he's worked for my company before. Uh, Kevin's a hell of a businessman, a hell of a friend. Uh, we go way, way back. Uh, I remember we kind of bonded uh, on a, a early days. We made a lot of trips together. Friends had just come on the air in 94. Uh, he was a friend's watcher. I was a friend's watcher. It's funny how we look back on different things. He loves his hoops. Uh, do you know, Kevin? Uh, oh, I do just a little bit to chat here and there. Nothing, nothing. Like, oh you know. yeah. Me, me and her, I know he's quick witted and that's going to do him good with podcasts, but oh, he's great. Yeah, but but yeah. he's a basketball junkie too. But, uh, Kevin's humor, uh, I, I'll just say, it, cause I thought when people read this, that don't really know like the <laughs> dynamic. They got to think, what the hell is Kevin Nash asking Jeff Jarrett on Ask Jeff? Why are you so hot? Anyway, well, I love Kev. Love oh, it. Oh man, yeah, we've had. I, a lot of fun I too. love hearing that you guys were big Friends fans. So you know Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, a lot of stars in that show. So <laughs> there we go. All right, OK is up next. That's literally his Twitter name. OK. Who was a guy in TNA everybody thought was going to be huge, but didn't work out for whatever reason? Who was going to be huge, Jeff? Early years, it, you'd have to go with Sonny Siaki. And and uh, he, he had a lot of tools. It just, we were a very small company at the time. Um, his platform went there and he just wasn't seasoned. He had the tools in the toolbox. You know, another guy, Elix Skipper. Okay. Elix, yeah. Elix in climbing the top of the cage, man, oh, man, never forget Elix, that. Just incredible athletic ability. Low keys. Another guy that, that had massive potential. Not that he wasn't successful. I thought he had a, a ton of potential. Um, as we roll through the years, um, you know, Tomco was there not yeah. long, but, but he, there, there were times that, we would leave TVs and think about, man, should we branch him off and really just really hammer down with him? Um, that's a good question. And and that's one of those questions that if I had rosters from yeah. you know, 2002 through maybe 2009, 2010, it, some, somebody might jump off the page even more. Those are good questions. I love to hear like hardcore TNA fans like almost point counterpoint. No, this guy should have been the star. No, this guy should have been the star. It's fascinating to hear those kind of conversations. Well, James is up next and he has another TNA question for you. So here we go. He said, if things could have been different, how big does he think TNA could have been and where could have they gone? So how big do you think they could have been and where could they have gone? It's funny today. Uh, as we record this June 12th. So next Sunday, um, is June 19th, 2022, 
20 years ago next Sunday was our first show. Mm. So the, the, the organization that started 20 years ago is still around. How big could it have been? You can look at not hypotheticals, not what ifs, um, the profitability, the facts, the ratings, um, the growth internationally, not just domestically. 2009, 2010, uh, 48 million, 48, you know, 50 million in 2011. Live events were up a little bit, but let's just say a $50 million company. Um, we had built it to profitable, getting more profitable. Um, I, I, I don't, it's hard to like it have done this. Do I think we would have gotten uh, a second show in the Viacom family? I absolutely do. I absolutely do. So uh, getting a second show, um, you know, if we could have uh, maneuvered strategically, rolled along and not lost it, kept our identity. I'm not, yes. Kept the TNA branding, kept the six-sided ring, um, kept the core talent, um, just the radical leadership change it, it, that, that, that really, you can just look at that, but how could, I think we've got a second show, I think getting into the streaming world and the monetization, uh, that, that, that things are being done now differently. Uh, the Apple generation radically changed things, mm-hmm. uh, in, not just in our wrestling industry across the board. Uh, I think there's, I think it's fascinating to kind of look, look at what could have been. I think it could have been big. I think you said it so, so clear earlier in an interview when you said, when we started trying to become number two, instead of the alternative and started trying to sign massive WWE talent contracts and, and, and left the focus of the AJs, the Samoa Joes, the Rudes, who, by the way, went on to be, have become megastars in wrestling of of the company that we, we became light of. Yeah, in WWE light, and our four guys went to WWE. That's not a myth. That's not a hypothetical. Those are facts. That's absolutely right. Well, one thing that can make you big, and no, I know what you're thinking. We've already covered the bedroom. We're here to talk about making you big in the gym. That's right, with Legacy Supplements. As a regular listener, you probably heard us talk about our friends at LegacySupps.com. Professional-grade nutritional supplements made right here in the USA that can help you reach whatever goals you have for your body, your health, and your performance, and your well-being. But instead of another ad read, they wanted to share some verified reviews from top-rated and independent review sites so you can hear what legitimate customers think of the results they get from legacy products. Jonathan says, I was skeptical skeptical at first, but after going through my second bottle of Recovery PM, as well as testing out X-Lane T-Assist and Test X9, I'm a true convert. Even after the most strenuous workout days, I sleep and recover fully the next day. We'll continue to support these products going forward and look forward to anything new. Emmanuel says, amazing products and very fast shipping. And Blake says, absolutely love the Legacy Test Stack. I feel like I have more drive and energy to power through my workouts. My sleep has also improved. So try Legacy. Come on, what are you waiting for? Out there, you can go to LegacySupps.com. That's L E G. A-C-Y-S-U-P-P-S dot com and join the thousands of satisfied customers who have tried the best-selling testosterone booster, Test X9, the best-selling sleep aid recovery, PM, or try their newest products like Salted Caramel Premium Whey Protein. Are you kidding me? That sounds delicious. Or... 
No2 Pro, the best pump you've ever had. Guys, it also helps with your performance south of the border, if you know what I'm saying. Don't forget to use code MYWORLD for 10% off your order. And to help support this show, level up with LegacySups.com. Jeff, up next is Creamy Thick Boy Peanut Butter. I ain't making it up. That's real. What? Creamy (laughs) Thick Boy Peanut Butter. That's him. And he says, I need to know more about Double J's high school basketball career. Who did he pattern his game after? Could he dunk? Was college basketball an option or was it always wrestling? Who is Double J's favorite basketball player? So let's start at the beginning. Double J, who did you pattern your game after? Oh, gosh. Kyle Macy was one of my favorites. Now, does that date me a little bit? I mean, it does just a little bit. Yeah. You know, you might have to explain who he is a little bit. Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't. That one does not resonate with me. Oh. Kyle Macy. He's a UK, uh, big blue, Kentucky. Okay. You going to Google him? I am right now. Google, just Google, look at his lifetime free throw percentage. Fort Wayne, Indiana played for basketball, Purdue and the university of Kentucky seven seasons in the NBA. Yeah. He was born in 57. Okay. Give, give me, give me lifetime free throw shooting. Oh man, I'm wiki's not showing me that right now, but I, I'll look it up. You tell, tell us about him and I'll find anyway, it. J- just a, a point guard, uh, that could shoot. Um, I, you know, there's uh, 88% lifetime pal. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, I'm serious. It, it's he would no very smart, heady player, um, uh, made everybody around him better, made the right pass. Wasn't incredible. You know, it's not a, I was not delusional in thinking I, I've always been delusional, but I'm not a pistol Pete. I'm not, I was going to ask you. Okay. Pistol yeah. I'm Pete. not a pistol Pete. I'll, you know, I could handle the ball. Um, I could, sh- you know, shoot. Uh, I, I used to get so aggravated. There would be write-ups and they would say, and streaky shooter, Jeff Jarrett. Wait a minute. I'm not a streaky shooter. Street I, shooter. I, I, yeah. I'm not a street shooter. <laughs> I shoot every game. No, but anyway, uh, <laughs> So who did I pattern my game? You know, there's gosh. Um, so like, you know, most kids growing up my era, they were trying to do the fade away like Jordan or whatever, you know, shoot like Kobe. Who were, who were you shooting? Like, well, that's what I'm is if you, you have to kind of know Kyle Macy is, is we didn't okay. have three in my era, but he is a knockdown eight, 10, 12 mid range, mid range. But he, he could also hit the corners, that was kind of my favorite shot baseline. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. When I went to, uh, I played summer ball, a couple of tours. I went to Venezuela one time for three oh, weeks. Nice. I went to Brazil and, uh, Paraguay, Uruguay, another summer, uh, back in there, it wasn't a lot of travel ball. You went on different trips. So I went to Brazil, uh, going into my sophomore year for two weeks, two or three weeks and going into my senior year, I went to Venezuela for, I don't know, a while. And, um, uh, my, my high school coach, which, uh, I still see to this day. I love that man. Uh, cool. it's, uh, he's, uh, whew, I get emotional. T- I mean, he is a guy that I owe so much to on work ethic. Yes. My grandmother and people on the podcast know my grandmother, my father, but my high school basketball coach th- to this day, we have chuckles and all this, and, but how he formed me it instilled in me. What's that- his name, Jeff? Ron, Ronnie Sarver, Coach Ronnie Sarver, and he had the ability to say, "Okay, I'm going to get this to guy to go further than he really thinks he can." 
and so, but uh, we went 24 and six my senior year in high school. Um, I couldn't dunk it. That was another question. <gasps> no way. I Listen, I saw how high you got up on those drop kicks. I had small hands. I could dunk a volleyball. Okay. So small hands. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't. I, I, I got, thought for sure you were going to say you could get up because we've seen how high you got up on those I, drop kicks. I can jump. I just can't dunk. Like okay. you got to have a yeah. I, I couldn't that, jump that far out. Uh, I was. I graduated high school at seventeen too. Little little regretful. I wish I could have been an old. I started all of my kids old because yeah, I graduated yeah. so dead young. But uh, no. So there was. There's. A, I'm missing. Oh yeah, my, that's okay. Was college basketball an option or was it always wrestling? Year, academic all American. Played one year junior college. Uh, and then the wrestling bug bit me actually during tournaments. Uh, one little fun fact that, uh, that angle <clears throat> that I shot, uh, where I got beat up uh, as a ref, uh, I was actually playing college basketball the night before. No, oh, there you go. <laughs> Who is double J's favorite basketball player of all time? You want to hear a little, uh, so I'm here for the basketball talk. You ready for this basketball talk? Which is I am. Funny. I love uh, it. So, during the pandemic, um, you know, just everybody's world kind of changed. Yeah. And so my routine from, you know, being in the industry all these years, it's, you know, really not go to bed till much later. It's just kind of the routine and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, all right. Uh, it kind of shifted. And I'm like, I was so tired of hearing all the negativity on TV and wasn't a lot on, on TV and all the streaming shows and caring to get into that. I got into this kind of a routine that I'd go to bed and I'd do some reading and I just lay down and go to sleep. No TV, no nothing. Uh, but there was a, a little time frame that in the algorithm of my YouTube feed, uh, I'm a little YouTube guy just watching different videos. I started watching some Larry Bird videos. Yes. Now, Larry has always been by far my favorite player. Okay. By far. I love Magic Johnson and Jordan. Those are the easy ones. But when you hear other players talk about bird and there's no real free, it's, it's real talk. You just kind of go to a different level that, okay. The, the amount of respect that Larry didn't demand, he commanded because he would play his ass off. He would fight you. He would play tougher. He yes. would play hurt, but man, he could game and he couldn't jump the highest or run the fastest he won with his brains yeah. um there's a lot to 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 overall in my opinion in life of that that you may not be blessed with the, the just the unbelievable athletic ability or you might need to be blessed to be have that 36 act score or whatever it may be larry outworked everybody he literally outworked everybody but he used his brain to outwork everybody and it showed up in his championship. So, uh, fascinating man, just a fascinating man. So from, from French lick and he, hick, he, 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 yeah, go ahead. The hick the from hick, French lick, hick yep. from French lick. So he could pass too. I think that's something people he don't talk about. Yeah. Oh, he could do it all. Yeah. And it's trash talking. Oh, it's legendary, but they call it trash talking. But really, I, I, so yes, trash talk is the fun way to say it. I also think that's a part of the competitive nature that made him good. That you know he's he's you know the legendary Xavier McDaniel. Mm -hmm. Hey Xavier, I'm gonna shoot it right here. I'm gonna get the ball. I'm gonna put it in your. Th that whole story's hilarious, and he yeah. does it and do it. Kind of the after chat to me 
is a whole nother level of psychology. Hey, Xavier, I didn't mean to leave that much time on the clock. What? <laughs> you just burned me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's relentless. I, I think there's, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, Tim, uh, I forget his last name, his uh, Michael Jordan's coach. Oh yeah. Tim Grover. Tim Grover. Yeah. That, his personal uh, trainer. Yeah. The relentless. Yeah. The, the, there's so, that word I think can go out, can get folks. It certainly got me, uh, when I kind of drill down perseverance is another way to say it persistent, but if you're relentless at something in life, man, it's just hard to beat somebody who don't give up. Mm -hmm. Damn near impossible. That's why, you know, what was so fun was the culmination of them as the dream team. You talk oh. about trash talk and all that and practicing <laughs> and everything. How fun was that though? When they all came yeah, together, I love the, I, I watched that documentary over me over. too. I love it. All right. Chris Bose is up next. If you could change one thing about your WWE, WWF over your career about your run there, what would it be? At WWE? Yeah. That whole run in the WWE. If you could change one thing, there's two. So I don't know if it's uh, a, <laughs> The, the first one was the communication on yeah. the movie, that, 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 uh, the second go around. That's, you know, things just happen. I've, I've said it multiple times on the pod. I didn't want to leave contrary to what everybody believes that Jeff held Vince up on the China match and he got his money. No. I didn't really want to leave, but I knew if I was leaving, I didn't want to put my payoff and my financial in their hands after I'm working for the opposition. That's just dumb business. So I wanted to clean everything up that night. Um, what's fair is fair. I got my money. Vince got his championship and we were both very happy that night. All right, we're going to keep this moving because there's still lots of questions, Jeff. We're having fun. Big Dog 35, fantasy booking. Who would be your 1-1-A dream opponent from today's rosters, no matter what federation or organization they work for? For today's rosters. Dream opponent for Jeff. I mean, Cody would be a hell of a – I mean, we, <laughs> we went back to him. Um, man, that's a that's a whole list. I never got to work with Cena. Uh, that, that would be, and I know he's not on the current roster. Um, there's a couple of, uh, you know, there's a, you know, uh, you know, Tanahashi is a guy that, that when I saw the aura of him at Wrestle Kingdom nine live, that's a whole nother level. Um, but, but, um, you know, and then you just kind of look at, at, at so many talent out there right now. Uh, I mean, Sami Zayn at WrestleMania with Johnny Knoxville. No, it's not a five-star Mac classic and all that kind of stuff, but the entertainment value, and I get it. It's not for everyone. It is not for everyone. I, I am well aware. So you may not be a <laughs> fan of it, but if you're a fan of sports entertainment, which I am, which I know it rings cash registers in a massive way. It's not going to get you. A, That's the reality of it. That's the re yeah, exactly. There's a real, real talent level, high skill set of, of doing what Sammy did, uh, in so many levels. All right. Eastwood's up next. Did you get any heat from, uh, shoes baseball for calling a horseshoe, a sandwich on Ms. TV at the last Springfield, Illinois live event? Oh, do you know what a horseshoe is? sandwiches I, I do and you ready it's texas toast 
it's meat, it's French fries, and it's cheese sauce. Like the cheese sauce. Oh Come on. Are you proud of me? Brother, I am shocked. Hello. I, somebody did their homework. That's this guy. Homework. Um, <laughs> but no, you know what's funny is that's like a real good discussion. Not a sandwich. Well, what the hell? Is, what do you call it? Plate? Uh, I mean, it's it's bizarre. It's it's very but it is a sandwich, but it's not a sandwich, but it's an open face sandwich. Oh, it's crazy, man. Ah, it's 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 you know when I when I think about French fries on a sandwich, my mind goes to Pramani Pramani Brothers in Pittsburgh. You know they. There have you the, go. You oh, Karen talked about yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. See, that's right, oh, Karen. Uh, food spots across the country that uh, back in the day, what a burger was just out in Texas. Oh, uh, there you go. Oh, we could talk about food all day on this one. We've eaten together. Jeez, we know how to eat. So there you go. Adam B is up next. If next week you no longer had any way to communicate to your fans, what would be the top three stories you'd want us to hear or you haven't told yet? Is that it? Wait, that, that I'd want them to hear or that I haven't told? Yeah, what would be the top three stories you would want us to hear or haven't told yet is how he worded it. I mean, the ones that I haven't told, I, you got to have to jar my, you know, that's, I, I, that's, there's nothing that comes to mind immediately. There, there really isn't. I mean, yeah. Conrad, I'll say this and I know, uh, the, you know, the whole ad free team involved, but getting the diversified topics, like when we dove into the moon dogs, yes. I had no idea the amount of feedback that we would get from that. I we, mean, massive. I'm like, wow, people. That didn't have a, I mean, some folks were like, I was three years old when you had, you know, whatever. Wayne, yeah. Remember the Wayne Ferris match? We got to, to watch it together for a bonus. See? I mean, the cafeteria that, brawls. Yes. Yeah. It's concession stand. But shame <laughs> on that. A damn cafeteria brawl. It looked like it. I mean, between the mustard, ketchup, and everything else that was flowing, it was insane, brother. But the, uh, so it was stories. You guys that, have, dug, yeah, you guys have dug into a lot. We, I mean, we, we really have. And, but the first part of the question, I want to make sure I'm answering these. What was the question? If it you was, had no longer had any way to communicate to your fans, what would that, what would be those top three stories? Oh, that I haven't told her any story. So, I mean, look, I, I mean, I, I think I still get multiple emails a week on the hell to hall of fame story. And that just came out of the blue. How Conrad, jumped off into that topic. I knew mm -hmm. we were going to touch on it, but anyway, that, 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 I think that's, um, it's a, it's a human interest story as opposed yeah. to a wrestling story. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's a good question. If I did no longer in a, in a, in, if I could no longer communicate in, in the age of instantaneous exchange of information, what's that story that would be like, man, I wish I could have gotten that one out there to everyone. They wouldn't yeah, believe it. Know. Okay. Well, I don't know. Let's move on then. Skylar Steele is up next. Of all the places you've been and all the people you've wrestled, what stands out in your mind as being your favorite place you've ever worked and your favorite opponent? And then he has a follow-up question, but we'll start there. Favorite place, favorite opponent. I mean, Memphis, Nashville, and Louisville. I, I've spent seven years every Monday, Tuesday, or Saturday. Those will always have home in the gut. Madison Square Garden uh, is is a unique arena. I wish everybody, as a wrestler, had the opportunity to perform in the old Boston Garden. 
had a great vibe to it. Uh, the, the, the audience obviously made that, but also the, 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 just the old Boston garden had, had a real good vibe to it. Um, you know, down in Mexico, there's some venues down there that are just awesome. Great setting, uh, that just it rock Wembley arena, uh, not the outdoor, but the, the, you know, the, the indoor, um, that's got a real special feel to it. Little small, tiny dressing rooms on the sides. And I can just, you can, I can feel the, the, the chill in the air and the coffee when you arrive at the arena in Wembley, um, you, you get off the bus or, 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 you know, arrive, you know, okay, London, you've been in the, uh, country, whether it's a day or two, or maybe on a 10 day tour, or you've been gone home from however long London shows were always very special. Like a Tokyo show were special Mexico city. Um, the big kind of, i tell you what, um, in Bayamon in Puerto Rico anniversary shows years ago, when you got the opportunity and look, I was a young man doing that. Uh, those are big events that there is a buzz in the air. Uh, indescribable is probably sounds too dramatic, but it is sometimes it's hard to describe a big show feel. Of course, the WrestleMania is, but that's more about the event, but different venues is what he's talking yeah. about. Uh, when the, the venue driven buzz is really cool. Especially when you think about, you said Boston garden, Madison square garden, the the sports heroes that you've watched growing up, who've performed and played there and yep. whatever. And then you get to perform there. That's pretty cool. Yep. Yep. When you hear, uh, you know, now it's called, uh, all state arena. Yeah. It used to be called the horizon center. Um, I mean, you think about the Saturday night main events, the, the, the WrestleMania two, two. Yeah. Just cool. Legendary buildings. Yeah. yeah. Favorite opponent. Yes. Favorite opponent. Oh boy. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, I've gone through this different stages of my career. Uh, as a kid, I lost Jerry Lawler and actually getting to wrestle him. And we went over, uh, on the pod, had a couple of 60 minute draws with him. Mm. That's that, that, that's, that's a kind of a bucket list. I never thought I'd get to do that and got to do it. It kind of as a young man, um, Shawn Michaels, Kurt angle. Uh, I love Kurt hitting, uh, as a, as a human being, uh, I loved, he was Mr. Perfect when I was, uh, early in Memphis. And, and then he came, you know, I, he came down as Kurt hitting AWA world heavyweight champ. That's right. I had a match with him, a couple of matches with him, I, you know, had before he won the belt from Nick Bockwinkle had a match with Bockwinkle, but sure. seeing Kurt become literally kind of transformed into Mr. Perfect. And I would often think he's really always been Mr. Perfect. He's just called Mr. Perfect now, but having different matches with guys like that, um, it's, it's special. I mean, look, it goes without saying the nature boy getting to wrestle him on my 30th birthday on nitro. What a career dude, mm. bucket list. I mean, That's true, awesome. yeah, a, a true, you know, getting to wrestle Hulk, all these kind of guys. Are your kids, any of your kids, big wrestling fans, Jeff? Cody. Uh, oh, yeah. Fan, yeah, but yeah, girls, nice. yeah. I mean, they grew up around it. So fans probably, yeah. you know, not not so much. 
Very. I just, I just asked because you think as a kid, if you kind of look back one day at your dad's career and see, you know, you just said Lawler, Flair, Kurt Henning, Kurt Angle, my dad, unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's historic. Bless. Yeah. It's unbelievable. All right. Here he goes. Skylar on the, on the backside. What's the worst place you've ever worked and your least favorite match ever. Worst place you've worked and least favorite match ever. Worst place. I mean, I could probably pull out a map and probably find you, Paul, 10, maybe 50, maybe 20 towns up and down the Mississippi River on the Tennessee side, on the Arkansas side, on the Mississippi side. You wrestle in those buildings in the summer. And it's a literally a hundred degrees in the building when you get there at four or five in the afternoon. And by match time, people are in there and it's still 80 and it's sweating, but the places, but all that, but when you wrestle in there and they've got a shower, that's a one stall shower and school's been out two months. So the shower hadn't been run and there's mosquitoes <laughs> everywhere. I mean, seriously, the, what a I, mess. When I look back on those days, I was like, what the heck? I mean, it was just like, oh my God, this stuff is dry. But anyway, um, there's nothing fun about that. It's not like, Hey, I want to go live those, relive those days. No, I don't. I learned a lot in those, but, uh, so the worst places are in small old gyms, middle school gyms that, uh, yes, they're, they're, they're full and good old picture money comes right in style, but, um, so it's, it's at the Nashville side of the Mississippi river. So that's where we're staying away from. All right. What's the least favorite match ever? Oh, least favorite one that you maybe look back and like, Oh man, I, that sucks so bad. I wish I, so do you, yeah. Okay. So there would be promoters, whether it's my grandfather, Eddie Marlin or my grandmother or buddy Wayne or any spot shows, but also, I mean, I've done it in Texas. I've probably done it. Yeah. I've done it in Puerto Rico. When a promoter says, Hey guys, we're going to put a battle roll on. Now, why are you doing that? Oh, well, it's going to, it's, but you know, okay. And you get into a battle roll and everybody's already worked. Some guys maybe have worked twice that night, but anyway, everybody's already worked and we all got to go back for a battle roll and nothing gets done. And it's just like, get in, don't get hurt. Nobody does anything. And then, you know, somebody wins it and you get back in the, back and you go people just had to sit through that battle roll and it was the most non-entertaining eight to ten to twelve minutes those aren't good those aren't a lot of fun would you call that match again a battle what battle battle royal royal okay i I was i just wanted to make sure brian miller what is your this is actually good i can't wait to hear this what is your proudest moment as a father (sighs) uh you know that's a loaded question. It is. This because, is, man, we're all, this is good though. We're into feelings on this one. We're into fun stuff. This is great. Because look, I've got four. So you can't single out any one, but a proud father moment is not to get too scriptural here, but train up a child in the way she, when they, in the way they should go when they uh, are old, they won't depart from it when they're old. There you go. See, 
those kind of as as they I mean, it, it can happen from first grade to second grade. It doesn't have to be to their adult, but as they grow and mature and they're doing things on their own, that's kind of the magic sauce that is counterintuitive to our natural will. As parents, we want to be mother hen or whatever it is to coddle and do this and do that for them and do this. I mean, it's heck, you want to do it. Look, there's you see people all the time. That's my baby. And I'm going, ma'am, he's 43. That ain't your baby. Please. I mean, I'm kidding. But that, that's you know what I mean. That's the that's the natural give and take. But those those proud moments are when they have it's like the old it, it, it's it's the exact same analogy. When a kid learns how to ride a bike on their own, they're doing it by themselves. And that look in their eyes, they get like, dad, I'm doing it. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. And they turn around and they catch themselves and they don't crash. And you're going, Hey, they've got this. Those moments are the absolute best when they're doing it on their own. Mm, Well said. And whenever I think of the proud father moment, you know what I picture? Mr. Miyagi, when Daniel LaRusso wins that championship at the end of Karate, uh, Karate Kid 1, and he looks at him, and he's just shaking his shaking head with his that head. proud smile. That's yeah. that proud father moment. There you go. That's the good stuff. Peter D. is up next. Peter D. Peter D. Peter D. Do you feel you were started too high on the card when you began wrestling, and was the Jarrett name a problem initially? Jim Cornette, I, I, I remember the – First time I'd heard him say it, but he went into a, a, a lengthy conversation, not conversation, answered that. He said, hey, here's the deal about Jeff Jarrett. His last name is the biggest blessing in the world and the biggest curse. And he really laid it out in a fashion that only Jim can do. But he was spot on because did it open certainly every door imaginable in my early formative years? Yes, I was the son of a promoter the grandson uh, uh, of two promoters, obviously my dad's mom, but my, my stepmother, her father was Eddie Marlin and he was a promoter. So it's a family business. So yes, doors were open for me because of my DNA. With that being said, and my dad will say it and we chuckle about it now, but back in the day, he went out of his way to bust my ass or make things harder for me or, do whatever he felt he needed to do to always make sure that I was never perceived as getting handouts, that I was never, ever given special undue. Just, I mean, he just went out of his way to make it harder on me. And he he'll say that. Uh, and the reason he did that was he saw Nick Goulas and George Goulas, the father, son promoter and a wrestler. He saw that situation not go well for father or son on many different ways. And so, um, it, it, you know, uh, my father never paid me a penny more than my opponent, no matter what anybody said, that was his rule. And he would tell me that's going to make you harder to go sell pictures. And it did it literally. And, 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 and as a kid, I mean, Conrad have joked about picture money and me selling four by sixes and eight by tens, but understanding the dynamic of transactions and sales and what you're selling is an experience as opposed to a piece of Kodak paper and all that goes with it. Those kind of lessons were invaluable, but my father, he was kind of the driver of everything that look, I got you in the door. I can take you out this door real quick. You got to earn your keep. 
and then some. You've got to do your job and then another person's job in the extra mile. I'm so glad that he did, but it wasn't always fun. And as a young performer, you learned just by sitting around staring at your money, it wasn't going to grow, you know, and be any more than what here, it was there in your hand. That's, there's some life lessons there, asshole. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, I love it. Sam Hardy's up next. He says, uh, what were your first thoughts whenever the first ever TNA pay-per-view was over? Was it more like, oh, my God, I actually did this, or more like, why did I do this? It was very, I mean, look, when I think I was 35, Paul, that, I mean, that is 34, my bad, 34. I was 34 years old. I think now, what the hell is a 34-year-old man doing launching a company? Um, I was, I can't say I was on cloud nine because I knew, I mean, that night in Huntsville, we went back to the Hilton and quasi-celebrated and everybody was, okay, hey, I'll see you in two weeks. What was I doing? I was literally in a car driving back to Nashville at daylight, uh, didn't go to bed, stayed out all night, but, but me and Jeremy, and I'm trying to think. So anyway, we drove back to Nashville to get into post-production. So, um, very exhilarating. It was, it was not what the hell have I done? I was super excited, but that's kind of the nature of this business. No matter how good or bad the show is at night, there's always tomorrow. Mm. Uh, Andy is up next and he says, do you still have the flashing double J hat? And can I have it if you do? Oh, you're going to have to go to, uh, that's in uh, Titan towers. No, that's in the warehouse. It is there and all and live and loving color, but it is in storage and kind of fascinating. It's, uh, still there. Some what 25 years later, <laughs> it's still so, around. So look for it somewhere on display at one of these WrestleManias or whatever. Oh, yeah. You could it was, see it pop up It was on display at access. There you go. Uh, Jonathan Mendoza is up next. He says, will double J ever consider writing a memoir? So I've been approached multiple times. Uh, this goes back to, to I was just trying to think 2011 or 12. Uh, I had a guy make a pretty serious run and I'm just like, no, my career's not anywhere. So I've had multiple offers through, you know, and I'm just, I'm, I'm not really interested in that, uh, for whatever reason. And I know Mick has had super success and a lot of other folks have in a lot of ways, I'm telling my life story through my world. So, yeah. uh, in, in, in so many ways, if somebody wants to write a book, uh, they can, uh, but, uh, but no, I, 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 at this point, I don't have an interest. And if, and think about too, Jeff, if, writing a book was as lengthy as your answers here on my world. It would be the second coming of the encyclopedia Britannica. So there you go, pal. be careful, be careful I'll, what you ask for fans. Yeah, exactly. I'll short answers. <laughs> Michael Elam's back. He said, I love having fun with you. What was the craziest or favorite monster brought in to fight Lawler in Memphis? It's probably a Lawler creation, uh, for sure. Christmas creature. No, um, man, that, that would I, craziest monster. Oh, we would always have, I mean, Lawler was the creator Leatherface, And yes. I mean, that leather face was a, a crazy one that the people would get into that. That chainsaw would be started before he came through the door and you hear that. And, you know, look, there's there, that, that list is too long for sure. 
Yeah. Now, uh, definitely uh, go back. And if you haven't seen any of Leatherface, and I'm not talking from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, this is Memphis Wrestling. Uh, that's some stuff you want to check out. Matt Richards is up next. Why did Impact never run a pay-per-view in Pittsburgh? I was at two sold-out shows in the area that you were a part of, Jeff, and Kurt Angle was going strong for the company as well. So why no pay-per-view in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Venue deals, uh, I think, is the very short question. We definitely didn't want to go to the big building. Um, I would say venue deals, either union, non-union. Um, good question, though but we yeah. just, it never lined up. Okay. Next up is Robert and Jessica. Let's hear his version of what happened with Bradshaw and Steve Blackman. I don't know exactly what the question, uh, the, 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 the tweeter, uh, the, the, I mean, Bradshaw, we joked with it about him earlier. He Bradshaw is through and through a proud Texan and loves to have fun and loves to cut up and loves to, rib folks and i mean not just push the envelope i mean rip it up and throw it out the window but that's john never really meant things like john liked to party and have a good time but he didn't like mean-spirited but on the flip side of that there's some folks um that had never been around a wild texan that former college football player and roughhouse and take your head off and like to hell John would beat you up just joking around with you. He wasn't even fighting. He just clubbed me on the back of that, but no. Um, but Steve was one of those guys, very serious in all walks and all facets of his life. Wasn't quite sure how to handle John at times, but I don't know exactly what this uh, tweet is, is referring to. I'm not sure either, but we'll, uh, we'll keep going. Cause we got plenty more questions, Jeff. How long do you want to keep going? Cause we still got a lot here. It's uh, your call. Cause we can save him for another episode. Ask Jeff down the road too. So you, you make the call. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's go. We'll go. We'll go with, uh, let's go with 10 more. How's that? 10 more. And we'll call it. All right. Wrestling yeah. savant. Who did he learn more from his grandmother or his father? That's that is a, it, I saw that as well. Great question. You can't say one or the other because there are certain things that my father taught me obviously that were more about in ring and psychology that my grandmother never never touched so it it, it depends on what facet of the business but both great teachers all right let's uh let's keep it rolling here next question is thoughts on monty brown which by the way that's next week's episode is going to be all about and why tna never put a title on the man i thought you would actually end with that question because i saw that in the research as well like what questions are we firing um hey we'll dig into that next week tune in next week because i am surprised not just at conrad but others the kind of the, the myths that surrounded why didn't you put the title on him? We're going to answer all those questions. Next okay. Week. Let's do it. Uh, Adam smasher is up next. When you're having a moment of weakness in your mind about relapsing, what is the thought or mantra? If you wheel, and that's what he, how he spelled it. Okay. That brings you back to the commitment you made to yourself. So what brings you back, Jeff? Oh gosh, I, I could, uh, you talk about getting granular on this real simple. Um, I've got enough proof in my life mm. that taking a drink, not one time in my life, did it get things better. 
I've played the tape forward. So when it, and you know what, by the grace of God, those thoughts don't really go through my brain. Also understanding that, um, the disease of addiction is a disease of the brain that affects the decision-making capabilities. I want to make good decisions. I've made enough bad decisions in my life. Uh, alcohol impairs your decision-making ability. So th- that's a reset point. Uh, thinking about where, uh, you know, there, there's, there's different sayings that go around, but, you know, there's no such thing to uh, an addict or an alcoholic. Uh, there's no such thing as one drink. It, it, it literally isn't. There's, there's, you know, people say, oh, just take a drink. That's a myth. It isn't a drink. It turns into multiple that turns into a bad consequence. So uh, that and then um, probably the biggest one, Paul, is just the gratitude that uh, I hit life on life's terms, went through a real dark time that we've covered here. But um, in my sobriety, the good things that have happened in my life, I'm very grateful for. And I know that one bad decision uh, can erase all that overnight. That's right. You keep keep strong, keep going what you started October 25th, 2017, my friend. Thank you, brother. There you go. Ryan Howard, I don't think it's the, the ex-Phillies baseball player, but he's up next. <laughs> How would Jeff have run TNA during the pandemic? Would he have shut it down or done something different? You know, I'll pass on that question because there's some concepts in there that I think are still, but I'll say this hats off to anybody in this industry that continue to create content because you were facing a challenge that I believe the entertainment business has never faced because it was a very highly, highly political one that, Whatever decision you made under the lens, baby, you alienate part of your audience. So I think in a lot of ways, promoters in this industry navigated it incredibly well, much more so than a lot of Hollywood did. Matter Mm -hmm. of fact, the majority of Hollywood did. Okay. That's all. Roger Edwards, best rib Jeff ever saw backstage. Best rib. Oh, you can't really say best. Owen just had so many. I was going to say. Yeah. They were so fun to be around. Um, I mean, look, and they can be the smallest things of Owen jumping on a house mic and playing the music right in the middle of somebody's match or somebody with shaving cream uh, or spray bottle and you're messing with people that go by. And it just, I mean, San Bernardino. Yeah. Oh, San Bernardino. People see it's getting a, yeah, a stewardess to try to <laughs> a word that it's just little simple fun that doesn't harm anybody. Those to me are some, you know, fun ribs that, that uh, there's a limit, unlimited amount. Yeah. As soon as uh, I saw the question, I thought, my goodness, this man traveled with Owen Hart. Are you kidding me? He's, there's so many. So old wrestling fan. And I love this one. How did you get so ripped recently? Any diet or exercise tips for us? Jabronis working on getting arms like yours. People are noticing Jeff. Look at the guns, brother. I don't mind. Uh, you know, <laughs> so the question is, they want to know how to get ripped like you. How did you get so ripped recently? I'm not ripped. But, but, um, you've gotten, you've, you've gotten in better shape, man. Oh, I have no, I, that goes with that question. Uh, Hey, it's, it's to me, it's real simple. Cut out fried foods, 
Easier oh. said than done. Cut out sugars and cut out anything white. And I say that in rich white flour. It, it just pasta, breads, cookies, Fried all chicken. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's. I'm telling you, it's not easy. But you. So, what are you eating? What's a day look like then? Help us. Uh, literally, my my uh, protein shake at five thirty with my athletic range. No protein shake, and then I have Greek yogurt, fruit. Uh, then I have me egg white omelet with veggies in it. Uh, then I'll have uh, some turkey, uh, just regular sliced turkey, lunch, lunch meat turkey. Yeah, uh, I'll do turkey. Um, Lots of fruits. I do nuts. I do cashews, sunflower seeds. So you will have fruit. That's like a natural sugar, but you'll oh, yeah, have that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Lots of fruit. Lots of fruit. Uh, and then, um, you know, uh, stick sticking chicken steak or, or fish at night with, with veggies. Really just basic stuff. Here's another thing that I think is somewhat of a myth that – if people think, uh, I mean, I had my, my body composition has changed. I went for, I don't know, five to seven years, Paul, where I really restricted my diet is the, I don't say the amount Conrad will say, BS, you always eat a lot. I've eat, I eat a, you have to, it's like, if you're going to burn energy in the gym, you got to feed it. You you cannot not eat. Yeah. Starve you, muscles. Yeah, you, you do, man. That, that is such a, um, I'd gotten off my protein shakes for a long time. I was just eating my good two or three meals, sometimes four meals a day. Now I'm a six meal, a six meal a day. Now look, six, yeah. six meals a day, but you say, oh yeah, two of those are shakes. You got to put the protein fellas. It's that simple protein and get rid of the sugar. That's easier said than done. And I'm I, know. I don't drink soft drinks. Nothing, not even diet soda. Oh no. None, no soft drinks. And look, I, it goes without saying, but, and I'm not, look, I've been on the other side. It's well documented, but the amount of sugar in alcohol, in alcohol let alone, let alone yeah. the, the alcoholic content, but the sugar on top of, of a sedative, you are talking about, uh, 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 if you want to give a car analogy, if you're going along in fourth gear and want to kick it in fifth gear, and then you put some alcohol in your system, I'm not chastising folks. I'm just, just saying, just shooting truth. <laughs> I'm just saying you're pouring sugar and a sedative. It destroys your metabolism. And look, I, I got plenty of research and development on the other side of it. I'm telling you, it's, yeah. it's amazing uh, how that has radically helped my diet. And I don't think we could have scripted this any better because our next question comes from the Twitter handle cold ones, ice cold beers here. <laughs> Literally. That's the handle. I love it. Did did Jeff join the WWE head office just to avoid Effie lives? Why is he ducking real challenges? You know, <laughs> all kidding aside, Effie, in that article we talked about in the national scene, I did it on two or three mainstream interviews that I did about the Hammerstein show, Hammerstein Stein. Um, I don't think I've could have been, and I meant every word of it, any more complimentary of Effie because for so long, this industry had stereotypical um, gay men and they played that role and everything that went with it. And look, it was, you know, and I'm going back to the 60s, 70s, 80s. It's just kind of the nature of the beast. It also, Effie is such a unique character. 
in that he, I've said it, it's like cut and paste from Jeff's interview. You can do the emotional connection, no matter whether it's the New York Yankees, Tom Brady, the Warriors and Celtics going on right now, Professor mm. Russell, you got to connect emotionally. Mm-hmm. Effie has the unique ability to connect emotionally with his off, uh, uh, audience. I wish we could have had the trilogy. Maybe we'll save it for another day, but uh, never say never. Never, never say never. But uh, there you go. I enjoyed uh, my 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 dance uh, dances. You know the the stuff that was shot here at the house and in Hendersonville. It was really intriguing stuff. It was the the, the feedback and the response that we were getting. Uh, I'm not expert on social media analytics, but I do know it's through the roof and and, it was uh, big. It was big. It was Christopher Hester's up next, which performer from the old Memphis territory days would have been the biggest star in today's industry. And he said the old Memphis days. I want to make sure I heard your question. Yeah. Yeah. Which performer from the old Memphis territory days would have been the biggest star in today's industry. I mean, Lawler is still in his seventies and a mega star. So let's, let's remove Jerry from this conversation. Okay. Yeah. Tell you what, Austin Idol would be right up there. And yes, he's still doing some work with NWA, but Austin Idol could talk him in the building. You listen to Paul Heyman's interview today, he still has a lot of Austin Idol in him in a lot of ways, um, in a great way. Now Paul makes it his own, but but Idol could talk, he could hype an event. And when I say an event, we were in Memphis every Monday night, but when all Austin Idol would get done with his 90 second or we had two minute promos, most of the time we used about 90 second Idol would use about a minute and 50 seconds of that. Cause he had busted the top and say, Lance shut up. And he'd talk for the whole two minutes. He had you in the palm of his hand thinking, I cannot miss this Monday night. It's the biggest one. And he could do it week after week after week. I think Idol would be right up there at the top. All right, we're going to keep moving. Daniel says, people thought for years that you and Steve Austin had massive heat. Obviously, that was debunked when we saw uh, the Broken Skull Sessions. Now that that's been shot down, who in wrestling do you have the most heat with? Conrad and Flair. <laughs> <laughs> so straight-faced when you said it. I yeah. love it. Yeah, exactly. I'm kidding. Um, no, I'm not. Okay. He, <laughs> and that's it. Here's, you know what? I'm trying again. I come to these episodes when Conrad, when we're doing a tell story, I really like that. I got to think through this. What is, I want to answer. I want to be. So here's who I think I got heat with somebody that I'm not aware of at all. And it's over money. It's 99% over money, and it's always something that I have no idea that I got. I mean, it happens. When you're a boss and been around 36 years, it happens. So, listen, if you're a bitter wrestler or a person that's worked with Jeff that is still upset with what he did with you with a money deal, can you please reach out to him? He just admitted he has no idea who you are, and he wants to work on it. He wants to communicate. I would he wants to put the pride in the background, and he wants to communicate with you. Yep. So there you go. 
All right. There's our public outcry. Uh, Jim is up next. <laughs> if he did not become a pro wrestler, not get into the family business, what would have been your plan B, Jeff? You know, my, I've said my mom's side of the family was all educators. Co- coaching. I would have loved to have. Now, we've. Ha- I think we've had this conversation. Here is life in so many ways that you think, when I see the amount of hours that the coaches put into my daughter's or my son's life, it's mind-boggling. So the educators and go to another level that the coaches who are also educators, the amount of sacrifice they put into their life's work, they are, and I've, I've definitely said this, they are the unsung heroes of America. Mm. Now, healthcare workers and frontline workers and um, policemen and firemen, it goes without saying that they, they are very, very massive contributors to society. But the teacher that gets up every morning and gets their kids to school and then packs their lunch and then they walk in school and they've got 20 to 30 kids overcrowded classrooms and they dedicate their day to teaching kids in this environment that we live in today. It's, it'll make you cry. It'll make you get angry. It'll make you scratch your head, but it is an unbelievable contribution to society. I wish every teacher, I mean, just, I mean, you know, and money's not everything, but it sure can help families yeah. out. I mean, it, it, it's incredible what they do for society under extreme duress at times. For our youth. It's, it's well oh, said, it's Jeff. The lifeblood yeah. of America. Yeah. Our school system, however you want to say it, and people all oh, look at, you know, whether it's China or, or different countries around the world and the education. America, the greatest country in the world, no matter what people may say, up, down, and I know we're going through our challenges and gas is outrageous, but at the end of the day, a free country with all the freedoms in our country and our teachers that get up every day and our coaches that get up every day, and go pour their heart out into our youth. Mm. Special folks. Especially like you still were talking about Ronnie Sarver earlier and the impact he made in your life. To this day. To this day. He made the outside of my, by far, my grandmother and my father made the most impact on me. Obviously, me having a relationship with Vince, he has no peer in my life's work and passion, sports entertainment. But as far as the molding of a human being, Coach Sarver, there's nobody that has as much impact on me to this day. There you go. All right. Uh, we'll transition over to Mario, who's up next. He said, has Jeff been invited to be part of the 20th anniversary celebration of Impact Wrestling? No. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll keep going. <laughs> the, look <on> <laughs> the look on your face says it all. No, I mean, I don't know what I, I yeah, that's just as clear as it can be. All right. Ben is up next. Who in the wrestling business, past or present, would you most like to be on the receiving end of a Jeff Jarrett guitar shot and why? 
say, say, so what's that now? Who in the wrestling business, past or present, would you most like to be on the receiving end of a Jeff Jarrett guitar shot and why? And is it because you have not been invited to the 20th anniversary celebration of it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, of all the modern day folks, I, I mean, my generation, I got Hogan, I got Flair, I, you know, I, I got, I checked a lot of boxes. Oh, back in the day. Yeah, you can pick back in the day. So nice for me to crack Mr. McMahon once. Yeah. <laughs> a heel Vince. Okay, yeah. but, uh, but I don't know. Uh, there you go. Never got stone cold. No, he didn't. No, nope, I didn't. Um, Cena. Um, Second time you said his, his name this week. He's, uh, you kind of look at his career, the longevity, it's special. It's really special how long he did it and did it full time and did it on top and the, the physical toll he took on his body day in, day out. He's a gym rat. It paid off. Uh, I can't say completely injury free, but man, what a workhorse, what a revenue generator. It's, um, he is really a unique talent and I know he gets a lot of credit. I, I get that. I, I still don't think he gets enough. All right, Jeff, we're going to do one more question. Uh-oh, we'll, here we go, know. folks. That'd Craig be- Craig with the final question. If Jeff could go back in time, would he accept the Carter's money to fund TNA? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not... Look, that because that, that gets into splitting hairs because, A, that's kind of greedy and... No, I don't want it. Yeah, look, I signed up. I knew what I signed up for. It obviously took a hard left in 2010, 11. Didn't turn out like a lot of folks, including myself, had hoped. But would you have changed any way that how it turned out? Anyway, would you have changed how you communicated with them on your way out? No, I, I did that with incredible amount of kid gloves and patience. I mean, we're going to get into that uh, on another podcast. Uh, when Conrad feels it's right and the timing and the topic and every, all the story that went into that, I touched on it on the AJ episode that, you know, my last set of TVs were ironically his last set of TVs and we started together and he had no idea that I was resigning and I really had no idea that they were going to play that kind of hardball with him. So, but we finished up the same TVs. Um, but from my situation, handling my exit, and I'll tell this on different stories. There were people internally that were shocked as a word, all this, because they had no, they were like, Jeff, you just, and I'm like, I worked my ass off pass the midnight hour. I did. I did everything I possibly could. That was, I knew that I was emotionally separating and financially separating and everything that went with it. I knew that that was it, but I'm like, started this thing in 2002 and poured my entire life. Into yeah. It. 
and it ripped my heart out, but I knew I had to go with the, the, what had happened. And I knew it was headed. I, you know, it's easy for me to sit here and say now, but I would have never left, but I knew exactly what was happening and I saw it and I knew things were, weren't going to be corrected. I had to go. Uh, but, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, that, that was a, that was a real tough time for a lot of folks. Well, Jeff, speaking for time to go, it is that time at the end of the show. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of this this week. I had a blast with you. Did man. you have fun, pal? I did. I did. This was, this was a good time and I, I can't believe it. That I got to be a part of my world. So thank you so much. Oh, we enjoyed ourselves tonight. Oh, Conrad. That's right. Listen, he'll be back next week. We'll see. Hey, no, he'll be back. He'll be back. Steps on his checklist. Oh, Rick, Rick, what do you want me to do this week? Where am I going here? And I got to do this and I got to do that. Are we doing Charlotte or Tampa this weekend? You tell me I'll be there. <laughs> Just tell me where to go. Oh God. We're kidding. But listen, he's back next week. The two of you are dedicating the entire episode to the alpha male, Monty Brown. Yep. I know you're looking forward to that one. Aren't you? It will be on the week of the actual 20th anniversary wow. of TNA wrestling. So cool. Kind of cool, man. Don't miss it. Listen, that's going to wrap us up this week. Like I said, Connie's going to be back in his rightful chair along with the Hall of Famer, Double J. We'll see you next time right here on My World with Jeff Jarrett. Peace, my friend. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.